Well, the camera quality is better. The computer quality is not. <laughs> <laughs> We're still I'm still waiting to hear back on that, man. I'm I'm getting a little nervous because uh, I was I I actually called in on Friday. I was like, hey, you know what's uh, what's going on with my uh my stuff? You know, you got any any update at all? And he goes, honestly, no. He's like, I haven't really seen anything like this before. So that's great. Always, always one of my favorites, but. That's what you love to hear. What, what With a computer. <laughs> can't be a virus. It, it can't be. Um, only because I, I scanned through everything and it was fine. It, like it, It's mm-hmm. it's got to be something hardware related, but I just don't know what and I don't know how to figure that Fixing. out. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, well. Um, so, yeah, just still waiting for that. Um, but with that said, today obviously is the uh, non-quarterback needs uh, for every SEC team. So we'll be talking about every position group specifically every team is going to rely on in 2023. Um, we already have Georgia down. Uh, we got we know that our, our overarching concern was running backs. So um, that one's kind of easy and that one's already done. But we do have 13 other teams to get through. We'll also be talking about some of the uh, most recent news um, within the college football world, um, which really isn't a lot. I mean, there's only a couple things. Um, only a couple things that are really even worth noting uh, this week. So, as usual, it's a slow time in college football. Spring games are very, very close to starting, though. I cannot wait. Um, if you think I'm going to be doing anything else with my time other than watching baseball and spring games, you're sadly mistaken. Uh, it will be it will be that all day long. So absolutely, yeah. With with that said, so go ahead and get right into this. That's a good win. There's a lot of people. It's like Woodstock, except everybody's got their clothes on. Personal foul, sixty-nine. Offense. He was giving them the business. These people don't give Love you, honey. All right. Well, I guess we'll start with some of the lighter news on the subject. Uh, Notre Dame is going to wear green against Ohio State this September in their game, obviously, at home in South Bend. Against the Buckeyes, um, uh, nothing really noteworthy here. Um, I think it's cool. Uh, yeah, I mean it's great. I mean they pick, they usually pick one game every year to wear their green, mm-hmm. and they're picking what they think is probably their biggest game to do it. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I look forward to to it, but I don't. You know, thankfully the color jerseys doesn't determine how you play. So hopefully, uh, we see. We see a better quality of play than they had a little bit offensively last year. I mean, obviously, if Sam Hartman's there, we yeah. will. Um, yeah. So and, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. And on top of that, we saw Notre Dame's offense improve last year as the season went on. So I think it'll be more of a game this year than it was last year, which says a lot because Notre Dame gave Ohio State all they could handle last year. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, when I think back, like iconic, you know, Notre Dame's green jerseys, the first game that pops to mind is the Bush Bush game, 2005. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a great rivalry game and, you know, a classic finish with an undefeated 
USC team coming into that. So, you know, maybe there we have an, another great classic on our hands when that game gets played. But, um, you know, that game for sure is going to be on NBC regardless because it's a Notre Dame home game, even though it's got a Big Ten team. So that'll yeah. be – I imagine it'll be a night game. Should be. Likely. It very well should be. It's either going to be a night game or afternoon. Um, but I'll, they'll likely slide that into the evening. So they'll give that the uh, the good old treatment to make everybody happy on that one. And they should. I mean, it's a it's a yeah, great matchup. Absolutely. It's kind of a uh, kind of a blue blood matchup, if you will. It's it's going to be fun to watch. I'm looking forward to seeing yeah. it. Uh, we've seen it. We saw it last year, and it was really good. Home field advantage played a big factor. I think we could see the exact same thing, especially with a young quarterback at OSU uh, this fall. I'm not trying to make our predictions on this game. We still got five months to go before we get to that time of the year. Um, But really looking forward to that. Yeah. You know, I thought funny. I was going to say, sorry, sorry. I know I'm not trying to derail. Um, I thought it was funny. We saw that like the first scheduled like kickoff time, um, for the 2024 season has been announced, but not the 2023 season uh, with oh, the LSU I mean, and USC game in gotta, Vegas. Got to look forward to that. And it's going to be on ESPN mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. on a Sunday or night at a Vegas kickoff. Maybe ABC. Either way. Well, it's going to be on the ESPN family. That's all I was yeah. trying to say. Uh, but on a Sunday night it's out in Vegas. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Um, so it'll be the third year that, that LSU is uh, opening game is on uh, yeah. the – that Sunday night. Writing this down uh, so I don't put this back uh, at a later time. Um, with that said, Jalen Carter is not going to face jail time due to his involvement in the uh, incident that unfortunately took the lives of, of two uh Georgia football members, whether uh, be um, Jamie LaCroix, the uh, recruiting uh, analyst, I believe. Is that correct? Yeah. 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 Coordinator, uh, something like that. Yeah. And um, you know, it, just tough, honestly. Um, good that he's not going to. I mean, I really didn't feel that there was a lot of um, there's not a lot of evidence to go off of. You don't have video. You don't have anything. So it's hard to say that, you know, it's strict. It's explicitly, you know, something that he, one, took part in and was at fault for. I mean, there's just, there, there wasn't any evidence. I mean, the only thing you have is what you think happened. And, and what these people think happened is, is that, you know, it was a high rate of speed crash. And you can obviously tell that from multiple angles. But you can't, you can't just play the what if game when it comes to this. And, and that would have been an unjust thing um, yeah. to see happen. I, it's good to see he's not going to face jail time. Um, but what this has likely done to him in general has kind of been seen. Um, his his combine stats were, were not great. And his, his stats at, at Georgia's pro day, which he didn't even finish all the workouts, uh, his pro day performance was... Uh, Subpar to say the least uh, at UGA's facilities. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, I'm really curious to see what happens in his draft stock because it it's not looking good between this and and what we've seen and he's also gained uh, a 
an interesting amount of weight in just a few weeks uh, since then. Um, it's just things are looking interesting for, for Jalen Carter right now and what his NFL career could be. And, you know, I, I understand. I, I, I would I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. I want to say that maybe stress and everything else is kind of playing a factor in this because it's a stressful situation. One, you're, I, you're I facing so. charges. You're facing charges for something like that. You're you're also you were involved in this situation to begin with, which in itself could be stressful. You're waiting on that. You know your draft stock's dropping due to due to this and and probably you know your combine performance. And now you're at this pro day and, and, and you're just not performing either and and decide to sit sit out. Maybe I, I don't know if that's exactly what happened, but it was just a it was a it's a troublesome situation to see it's going to ultimately he's going to drop. He's not dropping out of the first round. I think a lot of people are really interested in seeing what this kid does. And I am too. I think I would love to see what he does at the NFL level. He has the talent to do it. It's a matter of the willpower and the effort. And I think once this stuff can be put behind him, that's when we're going to see the true potential and or lack thereof potential uh, from this kid, especially at the NFL level. Yeah. Go hate it all. I, I want to see him succeed. There's nobody I don't want to see succeed at at the the level beyond college. college. I mean, yeah, look, I can put behind the fact that that Georgia whipped our ass a year ago in the playoffs. I can put behind the fact that, that CJ Sharp plays for Ohio state. Like I want to see all these guys succeed at the NFL level because ultimately that's, that's their goal. And that's their dream. Everybody deserves a chance to follow that and, and make that happen but you still have yeah. to be able to do the things the right way and make things happen, which we are not seeing. And when that happens, then you have to kind of criticize a little bit and be like, look, man, like this, this isn't uh, the Jalen Carter we watched for the last few years of Georgia. This is, this is something different. And I, I would really like to see um, what happens once all the stress, all the stressful uh, situation is kind of, kind of put in the rearview mirror. Yeah, and, and with the state of Georgia, the, those charges were misdemeanors. I didn't expect that he was going to face jail time, nor should he for, for any of this. Yeah. But, um, you know, I obviously I, I do think, like you said, Tyler, that it is just with everything going on and, and the timing of that coming when it came out, it was just, you know, kind of, you know, it's sucky for lack of better word because, okay. you know, he, he was obviously distracted with that all and, and – and everything like that. Um, so I, I don't think it's going to do a whole lot. Obviously, you know, I think if, if teams have had interviews with him and, and talked with him and, and kind of, you know, gotten like a read and, and kind of see like what this is doing to him and how much he's worried about it, then, you know, I think he'll be all right. I don't, I, I mean, you know, if at worst case, we might see him fall like Johnny Manziel did back in, in the 2014 draft but i he's gonna go first day there's no doubt in my mind he oh, should i mean he's he's definitely capable i mean there's no no question about it i'm i'm excited i'm excited for his future i just want to see it uh i want to see that potential realized before uh before things get out of hand he definitely you know this is one of those things where especially if it's a mental health situation you know get the help you need i mean this is something mm-hmm. that uh a lot of athletes deal with a lot of people are becoming a lot better about uh, speaking out about their their mental health uh, issues mm-hmm. they they may have, and if that's yeah. what this is is boiling down to, then I really want to see what happens. I'm I'm looking forward to it, and uh, 
really, really pulling for this kid to to get back on the right right yeah. track for his career. Absolutely. With that said, we now move into the obvious topic of the day. What every SEC team needs beyond the quarterback position in 2023. We got Georgia. It was kind of unanimous. We all had said running back. Running back was a big spot that was mm-hmm. that struggled. I mean, it was literally on a team that had no weak spots. That's a, that's all we could come up with. It's not like mm-hmm. Kenny McIntosh is bad. I mean, it, it, there's just nothing else we could have went with. So, with that said, we got a bunch of other teams on this on this roster or on this list. We got 13 other ones. We're going to go ahead and get to all of them. So we'll start with a team that was second <coughs> in the East. South Carolina Gamecocks. My pick Uh-oh. for this, due to the uh, the transfer of Marshawn Lloyd, going to be the running back position once again. I, I think that a run game is going to be crucial to this team this season. Um Nicholas Harbor is a guy who's going to be on the field no matter where he ends up playing this season. Um, and I really hope he ends up in, in a tight end position, almost like what we have seen from a Brock Bowers or a Mark Andrews, even in the past. Like I want him to be in that kind of a position. The dude is a freak athlete. Really want him in open space. The defense, not really many problems there. Uh, Jordan Birch transferring is like the big problem. And even that's not a huge recruiting class defensively was was great and what yeah. they had in the background was also really good uh, jordan burst transferring to oregon doesn't do much for me mm-hmm. for me at south carolina it's all about running backs and who's going to step up and be in this position juju mcdowell was okay was decent in spell situations christian beale smith was okay nobody stood out to me as the next running back in, in what became an inevitable situation marshawn lloyd leaving jaheem bell left uh, Jaheim Bell doesn't tr- doesn't worry me because once again Nick Harbour is going to probably fill that spot at tight end. Running back's the only place I think, in my mind, that I can go. There may be two other spots, but there I'd be nitpicking if if I went anywhere else. Yeah, with with Lloyd transferring, Christian Beal Smith is, was a senior last year. Uh, you're looking at uh, you're looking at running back. Really, it's got to be Juju McDowell or. Or they've got to figure out something for for the running back position this fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent right there with both of you guys running back. Sorry, yeah, and I could see. No, it's all good. I and you know I could see a guy like a, can't can't remember if he's coming back or not, but a a Juice Wells, you know, go into the backfield. Hell, I could even see Nick Harbor go into the backfield and play kind of like the C.J. Donaldson did. Um, for West Virginia last year, he, he was a tight end at the beginning of the year and then ended up being their number one running back. I mean, I, I can he, see multiple different situations here. He, he might be. He was a junior. It just depends on if he went to the draft or not. I don't believe he did. I think he's coming back. So there are a few options here for South Carolina. I don't think they're out of the question yet. Um, on the Tennessee, I think the the – thing that they really got to work on it's dbs i'm not talking just corners i'm not talking just safeties their defensive backs were atrocious last year they were they were pretty pretty rough in the passing game um they got they didn't get torched the way you would think they did but but they definitely needed some help and and i think that that is like one of their big positions 
In order to be a little different, though, I'm actually going to go linebacker. I think that second that second level needs a lot of shoring up. If they can get the second level playing at a decent at a good level in the pass game along with the run game, I think it'll open up a lot more success for the DBs. So I'm going to go I'm going to go linebackers here. I think that really would help their defense if they can get a good uh, portion of guys at the second level. There wasn't anything wrong with the front seven. They you know it, when they got up against you know teams that had good offensive lines, that's where they had a, a little bit of trouble. But it really was their secondary, like you mentioned at first, Tyler, that was the problem for them defensively, especially, you know, as as fast as their offense went and not allowing their, their defense a whole lot of time to rest. When you don't get that pressure into the, you know, the offensive backfield like you were able to do earlier in the game, that's where you're really going to create those mismatches if you're facing off with this Tennessee defense. And, you know, secondary was an issue for them throughout the year. So I think that the secondary uh, really needs some improvement. Uh, you could look at cornerbacks. You could look at safeties. I just – I look at the whole, you know, the whole back four as, as you know, where where they really needed to address here in, in this offseason and, and try to find some guys that will step up and, and, you know, hopefully do what they want. Because, I agree you know, with if you. They're, they're, not, they're not changing their offensive mentality. So you're going to no. need guys that do not get, you know, as fatigued that can still play lockdown coverage even when you're not getting pressure in the defense in the offensive backfield. I agree with you. My my thought is the front seven wasn't bad in terms of run defense or anything like that. That's that's not yeah, what I'm yeah. trying to say. And they weren't bad in, in yeah. pass rush either no. early in the games. The linebackers in pass coverage made the defensive backs. For it really forced them to play a more shallow zone. That's when a lot of guys got deep behind them is because they were mm-hmm. forced to play short. The linebackers in pass coverage is what I'm talking about, and, and their their mm-hmm. shortcomings in the passing game is what forced the the defensive backs to come down, play a little bit more shallow in their zones when they're playing zone. Now in man coverage, obviously the DBs are are at fault because it, but they weren't bad in man coverage. It was really when they played zone that they got they got kind of put together, and that's why mm-hmm. as the season went on, you saw them play more man. Um, yeah, they they struggled in zone coverage, and it was that second level of the zone and at the linebacker spot. Linebacker. That that's yeah. that was my my very noticeable. Yeah. Uh, point that that's why linebackers are big for me because if they can get better in pass coverage, it opens up the sa- the safeties and the corners to be able to play a little deeper in their zones and not allow the yeah. the, the, big the big plays, plays. to happen yeah. the way they kind of did. That that was that was where I was getting at. There was nothing wrong with them in in the run game, and there was nothing wrong with them on the on mm-hmm. uh, gap scheme. There was nothing wrong in that. <clears throat> Strictly pass coverage is where I'm talking linebackers. Yeah. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Those are the two that I immediately went to was linebacker and then secondary. Um, I'm gonna go more with the linebackers because, like Tyler said, hundred percent. Any time that they were in zone was when you saw Tennessee's defense really struggle against the pass, and um, and the linebackers definitely need to take a step forward. So that way the corners and safeties don't have to play shallow in the zone. Yeah. Great defensive break breakdown, by the way, Tyler. Thanks. Not a DB, not, not a defensive guy. I played safety though, so okay. I kind of get I, it. But like, 
I know yeah. that you're not. So that's I was a co- I was, I was like, a quarterback. So this is fun for me because I can't I can't rip on quarterbacks in this one the way I would. Like I play I played the position the majority of my career. And granted, I only played middle and high school. I didn't I didn't play beyond that. Mm-hmm. But like I that position that, is the why, one that I know that, the best. That's why like that, that's why it's that's easy why, for me to come at a guy like Tyler Van Dyke or you know a. That, that's I mean, why I, mean, I just wanted like to guy. give you kudos, though. Like, yeah. since I know that that's not your forte as a defensive guy. <laughs> as for Florida, man, <laughs> I'll tell you the position that doesn't need help: running back. Yeah. Um, Trevor Etienne was phenomenal last year, and I, I know he's coming back. I cannot remember mm-hmm. if um, Johnson was a sophomore last year. I, I thought so. I, I thought so. So Johnson's coming back too. So I mean, they're 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 set at running back. I gotta worry Graham Mertz or Jack Miller at quarterback. <laughs> I mean, either one of them's your you yeah. gotta. But but you said you said I was we have say, to do a different position. We have to do non. Oh, I'm just I'm just going around yeah. the gamut. I'm running the gamut with Florida right now. I mean, we got time <laughs> to kill here. Let's let's be a little, <laughs> let's take our time a little bit. Receivers were not bad. Um, obviously, uh, Pearsall was was far and away their best receiver last yeah, year. Ricky, and, and and that was very evident. Tight end, not worried. Offensive line, I'm not even worried about, honestly. And the defense was pretty good last year. I mean, let's let's be real. I think the shortcomings came on the offensive side of the ball, especially when they couldn't move it. Yeah. You know, I, I'm gonna say I, I'm gonna say the pass game. I, I'm gonna go receivers because I, I think you need somebody else to step up outside of Ricky Pearsall. You need a tight end. Yeah. You need the receiving core in general needs to be. A little better this season so yeah. if that with that said I'll, I'll go wide receivers here uh, maybe somebody's got something else but that's the one as i ran through it verbally but in my mind as well it you can't just have a number one guy and then everybody else i mean it works for some teams especially in smaller conferences i mean i think western michigan with Corey davis uh, mm-hmm. a few years ago like really worked for them but they're in a conference where there's not a db out there that could hang with Corey Davis. Yeah. Um, you know, I look, you, you can go probably any direction you want with some of these. I mean, um, I, I just, I, I think that Florida needs to get better receivers because they cannot rely strictly on the run game uh, the way they did or tried to last year. I, I think they don't have a, a mobile quarterback. It, it's going to really come down to the running backs. I, I think that again, just the receiving receiving core, any of them. Yeah, uh, I, I think you're right because you're looking at Ricky Pearsall, who was a junior last year. It, it, you know, I, he's not going to the draft, I don't believe. So he'll he'll be only there for one more season. You know, the the next best receiver that you know looking down the roster, maybe Justin Shorter. He's also coming in as a senior here in, in the 2023 yeah. campaign. And shorter underwhelmed in his, in his yes. year after transferring out of Penn State. I mean, shorter has been yeah. underwhelming for what mm-hmm. he showed glimpses of at Penn State. I mean, he left there yeah. thinking that going and, and being Anthony Richardson's guy was going to be it, but he didn't even become Anthony Richardson's guy. 
yeah. You're looking at other guys, Xavier Henderson. He's a, he's a junior coming into this year. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe he can take that next step up. You have mm -hmm. a sophomore, Marcus Burke, poten potentially, who's got good size, maybe needs to put on a little bit more, you know, uh, weight, muscle weight. I, I think it. I think the right. names it and receiving. raw talent. The names and raw talent are there. Like I oh, mean, there. Xavier Henderson. Yeah. Henderson's a great receiver. Could be a great receiver. Yeah. Uh, Justin Shorter say. should be a great receiver. Should be a burner uh, type of receiver that gets behind mm -hmm. defenses and and didn't do it very well last year. Yeah. And Pearsall ended up being the number one yeah. guy by by far. Yeah. Yeah. The I was going to say the one thing that that position group has going for it is it was such a young position group last year. Yeah. Like, yeah, they'll, I think they'll be fine in the long, yeah. long run. No matter um, who you put at quarterback, I'm, if they fail, I mean, it's on them. I don't, I don't really think it's going to be on the receivers. I, 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 yeah. Yeah. We'll see as the season progresses. However, one thing that I will say as well is, that offensive line needs to get more consistent, specifically in pass coverage, in pass blocking. Pass um, protection. Pass mm -hmm. protection. We saw Anthony Richardson, not only when he held the ball too long or tried to make hero ball type of plays, he got hit a lot last year. So that, like, maybe not necessarily sacked since he is such a big and mobile quarterback, but... He he did get hit a lot, and so that yeah. that shows that that offensive line does need to improve a little bit in prep in pass protection. So we're gonna go a little off topic here. This is a Xavier team. I was ready to see in this tournament. The offensive efficiency that they have is unbelievable. This is the team. This is why they are a Final Four team for me. Just saying. Two words. Speaking of, which, speaking of which, at the end of this, um, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the uh, CFB bracket we did. Not looking bad. No, it's not. Somehow, it's one of the better ones. Yeah, Kentucky. Same route for me. Wide receivers, defense is fine. I uh, can't say quarterback, so I'm gonna say receivers. I'm I'm gonna go with you know. I'm going to go running back, actually, because, you know, you're losing your two best running backs that you had last year in Chris Rodriguez and Cavassier Smoke that were, you know, Smoke, especially here in those first four games of the season, really stepped up while Chris Rodriguez was, you know, out, um, was, was not with the team or was not playing in those games. I think they'll be all right. I'm just trying to find who is there, who's going to be the guy that's going to step up for them. Uh, but you're definitely right because it's been not just something from the last, you know, last season that they've needed, you know, more receiving, you know, uh, another receiving playmaker to step up. So running backs, receivers, you could go either way for Kentucky uh, in in this this season, in my mind at least. And and so I don't have I don't have a problem with you going receivers. I'll go running backs just to be a little bit different because I really am interested to see who's going to take that ne next step up especially as reliant on the rushing attack as Kentucky has been offensively. Oh, and actually, I can't say quarterback, even if I wanted to, because they're getting the best quarterback out of the ACC last year, Devin, Devin Leary. Devin Leary, yeah. Uh, then receiver is definitely my, my take. Yeah. Need, need some guys to throw to. 
Yeah, those were the first two thoughts that I had as well. I'm going to go running back, though, just because we saw so much inconsistency there besides. Yeah. Well, Chris uh, Rodriguez so. wasn't inconsistent. It was it was no. strictly Cavazio smoke, and yeah. and so when and, they're they're going to have to so find somebody that can losing, replace that. Yeah, but losing mm-hmm. those two is huge at that position. Yeah. So one's yeah, one's worse than the other for sure. But I, I yeah. think they'll be fine. I, I I'd have to look at their roster. I, I I'm curious to see who who comes in as a replacement. Uh, mm-hmm. Missouri. Um, I'm not saying receivers. They got some good receivers. Um, you know, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go front seven, um, specifically D line. Uh, they 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 struggled a lot last year when it came to teams that were just more physical than them. Um, the one outlier in that situation was actually Georgia, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but even late in that game, they really started getting getting kind of pushed around. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I'm not gonna go D line because actually their, their defensive line was good. I'm, I'm gonna go linebackers. I, I think that their linebackers, the way they were, just the way they played, the, the style of defense was, just didn't really fit what they had over there talent wise. Um. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll say we'll say linebackers on this one. Yeah, I like that answer. Um... I think it's when you look at defensively, their their shortcomings were at that linebacker position. You know, if you want to look at offense, which I don't think you should, you know, having Dominic Lovett transfer out kind of hurts. But, you know, when you've got Luther Burden and, and some other really still young receivers and running backs in that uh, in in that rotation for, for them, they're going to need somebody to step up. But they're okay in terms of talent that um, – that uh oh 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 coach uh Schaefer or Drinkwitz sorry Elijah Elijah Drinkwitz yeah um it's Elijah by the way no Jay okay Elijah Drinkwitz has has brought in uh they'll be all right there it's just a matter of you know kind of getting those reps and and getting that experience so I I think when you look at kind of where their shortcomings were you're absolutely right on the money with the linebacking well, and not only that, I'm also impressed with it. It goes unnoticed and, and it goes under talked about it, it, what Drinkwitz has done mm-hmm. in, in bringing his offensive style that he had over at App State to Missouri and has yeah. made it successful, by the way. I mean, they're yeah, they're a mix between it's it's funny the way their offense runs. It is a. It's a run heavy offense. It is almost a spread out option style offense. Mm-hmm. with power run type uh, tendencies that then when they have the right receiver talent can also become a borderline air raid pass concept offense. Like it's, it's very funny yeah. how it works, he, but it, a, it does he's work. He's a fun offensive mind. Totally. He is. Okay. And it, and it's fun to watch it work and work mm-hmm. successfully. I mean, if you want to really see it go back to 2019, 2020, and watch the App State offense um, with that I believe it was I, I believe it was I believe it was Zach Thomas at quarterback, mm-hmm. and just and just watch them run their offense with him running at the helm. It, it was so smooth, so so effortless the way they moved the football, and that's why they were so dominant in the Sun Belt the, for those couple of years uh, prior to Grayson McCall joining Coastal. Yeah. 
you look at that, um, you look at that offense and watch what he does now. He's got Brady Cook at quarterback, uh, Tyler Beatty at running back, who has been phenomenal. And then when they had the two receivers and love it and, and burden, it worked a lot and it worked really well. Now that didn't always result in touchdowns or even scoring drives because again, they're in a really tough conference, Mm -hmm. but when they got going the way they are meant to, it was really fun to watch. I think the wake forest game was, was one of those games that really showed like just how capable this, this team can be. Wake Forest defense isn't great or nor a great example, but it just showed the execution when it's there. This Missouri team has a chance this year to to pull off some upsets. Got to yeah. rely on that defense. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be linebacker. They've got so much returning offensively as well. Like, that's huge for Drinkwitz and that offense. Um linebackers just have been extremely inconsistent at times with it. Like as long as they get a little bit of consistency there, Missouri can hang with most teams in the SEC, honestly. So. All right. Mandy. Um. <laughs> I'll say, I'll say defensive line for this one. Uh, they're just too weak up front on defense to really hang around uh, with a lot of teams right now. They, their their offense actually, as a matter of fact, is something that I can't even complain about if I wanted to. So I'm I'm I'll go I'll go D line here. Yeah, I'll, I'll go defensive line as well. They're losing a lot of experience, especially on the edge. Um, but you look up front, you know, they've got, um, well, let's see. They've got one, two, three, four, five, six, six defensive linemen that were seniors a year ago. So not only were they weak, but they're going to have a lot of turnover from that defensive line that, you know, a lot of new faces that are going to be, you know, coming in and, and trying to, uh, trying to, you know, gain reps and, 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 you know, get a good rush against some of these SEC offenses. And if they're not careful, if, if things don't, you know, if they might regress this year as opposed to continuing to progress as we saw last season where they got three, they had a three and one start. Then they won a couple of SEC games later on in the season and ended up finishing at five and seven. Um, if, if they're not too careful, things are, are going to start going in reverse again for Vanderbilt this year. And I hope, I hope that's not what we see. They've really got to get some some guys up front that can get a good rush. Otherwise, they're going to be in a lot of shootout-type games. And, I mean, they've got some good offensive pieces, but you don't want to get in a shootout with a Georgia, a Tennessee, a Alabama, you know, some of these schools that you just do not have the offensive talent to get into a shootout with. Yeah, i got to say, I think my uh... – Vandy's going to – fall back this year, kind of back to where they were. Under Clark Leo, though, I think the progression is only going to continue to rise um, as as he sticks around. If they are willing Mm -hmm. to give him the time that it's going to take 
to become a competent football team, which they already are a competent football team, and, and I think that will not change this season. It's now finding the talent that also matches what you require um, in the classroom as well. That's that's where they're going to finally start finding that little bit of um, progression. It's only a matter of time before they become a team that can win four or five games regularly. It's just, I don't think this year's the year, but next year, or even when we look at 2025, mm. um, I, I think that this, this team could very well be on on pace for four or five wins regularly, minus a, a retool year. Yeah, Clark Lee's done a good job of recruiting as well, so kudos to him for doing that at a school like Vanderbilt. That is very tough to do that at. Um, but anyways, um, I go defensive line as well. Like, we just need to see them be able to get pressure. The secondary played really well last year. They didn't have a lot of turnover in that secondary either. So that's good. Um, but they they just need to get a little bit more pressure in that defense. We'll have them hanging in most games. Maybe not against like an Alabama or Georgia quite yet, but against most teams, they'll be right there with them. Absolutely. For LSU, I am going to say, I'm going to say offensive line. There weren't many faults on this team last year, but if there were, if there were any that that stood out at times, I had to say the offensive line uh, struggled a little bit. Thankfully, they have a very athletic quarterback. But more mm-hmm. time in the pocket means more one consistency and, and more um, more efficiency offensively. I, I think that if there's any position that needs help after last year, it's that. And it's, again, it's kind of like trying to pick something out for Georgia. Um it, it's just that's the one, the weakest link, and you're only as strong as your weakest link. Well, that weak link's pretty strong, so I don't think it's an overly concerning situation. I'll go running back. I think they could use. I mean, obviously, when you've got the mobile quarterback that we saw in, in Daniels last year, uh, you know, it, it's you're able to withstand, you know, a little bit. Less from you, your you can't back have your back. quarterback being the leading, your leading rusher, rusher which is what happened. Yeah, more more times than not, it felt last year. Jaden Daniels was the leading rusher, and and you really want to, you know, I mean, what happens if he gets injured and you have to go to Garrett Nussmeyer, who's a very capable quarterback, but not certainly not as much of a dual threat as Jaden Daniels is. Yeah. So what are you going to do with the running game? Because uh, if 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 you if the answer is shrug emoji, then they're just going to essentially drop eight and you know m- you know make you know give you a running lane. But if you don't have anybody that can take advantage of that, then you're really you know sol if you will. Um, right so right now, I'll go I'll go running. Here's, back. A, here's the thing: if you're dropping eight against LSU, you're not winning football games this year. No. I'm just no, telling you, got, uh, you, you yeah. weren't last year and you won't this year. Yeah. If you're not, one, the O-line, as I said 
for my answer, which mm-hmm. I will give you running back. This is definitely a better answer than what I had, but I hadn't thought of that. Um, the offensive line is definitely capable of, con- of holding a three-man rush. Yeah. For one, that does give him all the time in the world, and somebody's going to find something. I mean, they're, they're very talented wide receivers. Somebody's going to find a gap in the coverage. Yeah. Or, or Daniels is going to take off and mm-hmm. gather as many yards as he wants with his legs. Yeah. And and then you're just in trouble. I mean, I mean, let, let's be real here. That if if you're dropping eight against LSU, you're losing football games because yeah. you're giving up too many yards. I don't. If you're not, I don't if you're not dropping eight, you're getting torched because the wide receivers are are good. They're not. Yeah, they're not Jefferson, Chase, and um, uh, Thaddeus Moss. Well, yeah, they're not Jefferson, Chase, and Moss good. Yeah, but they're good. So like, yeah. don't don't under yeah don't underestimate this team. And, and I and I don't mean drop with Mason eight, Taylor like, at tight end. I mean, yeah, I, I'm I just mean, saying like yeah, like no, to counter what you're saying. If you're dropping yeah. eight, you're losing football yeah. games. I know. Um, I I just mean there to is put more more guys in counter. coverage. Yeah. You know? Five, yeah, five or 100% though, it's running back. All right. Sounds good. Alabama. Uh, can't say quarterback, so just know that. Yeah. I'm going to say what they do to replace their their big-named um, edge rushers, uh, losing Will Anderson, uh, losing multiple of their, of their higher-level defensive linemen. I think that's going to be the uh, the big key here is, is how they replace uh, place their pass rushers, I guess. So I, I'm I'm going to say edge as my answer, just because I, I want to see what they do because they're they're hybrids; they're not really one group anymore. So edge rushes as a whole is my my answer here. This is the question as to. Uh what they're going to look like in 2023, not just because they're going to have a new quarterback, but it's been an issue the past couple of years. It may be an issue again this year. Who's going to step up and lead that wide receiver room? Who's going to be the, the, you know, the big threat that Alabama has lacked here, at least this past season, they had Jameson Williams in 2021. Obviously he got hurt late in that, that in that season um, and missed the, you know, most of that national championship game against Georgia. But you not just the fact that you know you have your probably your your leading receiver from a year ago is not coming back because he's uh, moving on to the next level, but Jojo Earl and, and a couple other guys that have transferred out, who's who's going to be the guy that steps up and who's going to be that you know when you got a third and long, who is uh, Ty Simpson or, or Jalen Milrow going to look to throw to when you got to have it? And you got to pick it up late in the game in order to either get down the field and try to win it or to put the game on ice. That's so I look at the receivers for Alabama as where I really am curious as to how they answer that question mark because they've got talent. It's another situation like we've got, you know, good names and everything. And Tyler, you should know from doing your dynasty how many talented players and in, in, in that receiving room there are, but who's going to be that guy that steps up? And is that big, big threat player that we, we've seen, you know, we saw Devonte Smith be that guy in 2020 before that you had, you know, you've had all kinds of, of great receivers here in, in Nick Saban's era. 
at Alabama that we're just we didn't see a year ago. And out, you know, once Jameson Williams went down in that championship game, it really just kind of showed how much lack of depth or experience there was beyond that. I have a couple answers on that one for you, though. Um, I think I think Jermaine Burton is a guy who, mm-hmm. if he has a year like last year, then then he's one in my mind a a, a bust at the position. Um, mm-hmm. Two, uh, Kobe Prentice it, it should be getting a lot more playing time this year. Um, yeah, especially as a sophomore, in which you think in which he will take on a Jalen Waddle type role um, with his speed and size. I mean, he, he is going to be a guy that a lot of people are going to kind of wonder where he came from type of thing, but, but understand Kobe Prentice is a guy that, that his speed should easily um, give them a boost in terms of trying to get somebody down the field, which they didn't really do well last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyler Harrell's a guy that if he steps up and plays well, uh, on the interior of, of the receiving room uh, and like the slot position could be good as well. Yeah. It, they have raw talent. It's a matter of, of realizing it. And, and it's also a matter of understanding that they now have a competent offensive coordinator as well. Um, this is not a Bill O'Brien offense anymore. This is, this is Tommy Reese who has been extremely successful in his time at Notre Dame. A lot of people raised eyebrows, but let, let's be real here. Anything not named Bill O'Brien is a is a step up in the uh, in the grand scheme of an offensive coordinator. I, I think that this offense looks different this year. I think it's going to play different this year, and I think these receivers are going to be utilized to their ability. Because let's understand, let's not look at last year's Notre Dame offense and and say that that's what it's going to look like at Alabama. Because understand, yeah. Notre Dame had nothing for wide receivers beyond yeah. a tight end who is an all-world tight end, which seems to be yeah. produced at, at, at nauseam from Notre Dame anymore. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, they had nothing at receiver. They had a very an above-average running back <coughs> in Estime, who it, at times played really well and at times played really bad. Yeah, they had no quarterback play whatsoever. Um, whether you looked at Drew Pine or uh, Tyler Buckner, neither one of them were capable of throwing the ball at a high level. Um, the offensive line was fine. Again, tight ends were fine, but they had three key parts of their offense that were serviceable at best, and that's mm-hmm. not a winning combination uh, at a team yeah. like that. This is a totally different look for Alabama. I don't look at their offense. I, I truthfully, again, it's one of those teams where you really got to dig. The receivers are not the position I'm, I'm worried about because, again, I think it's a new offense, and I think that the the passing concepts are going to look a lot different this year than they were last year. I think they should improve even uh, based off of what we saw last year. I think so, and I'm, I'm, I am I'm think you've got, like you said, it's, it's good, you know, good talent there obviously and, and that's not what I worry about. You know my my concern is your concern is because we didn't yeah. see the production last year that it may it may be the same this year. And I understand what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. I just think it's hard to say that that's going to be the same. There's one consistency on this Alabama team at all times and that's who runs the defense, which is Nick yeah. Saban. Yeah. Which then leads me to believe like if I wanted to say beyond the field, I, I would I would have said coordinators. I, I would have said specifically yeah. offensive coordinator. 
and Tommy Reese would have been my answer here because I would I would like to see what he does. Absolutely. I just yeah. I have no concerns for what this team really is. And with Jason McClellan coming back and he's gonna be the number one back this year, mm-hmm. it should be. And if he's not, it's I don't know who it would be. Jason yeah. McClellan should be a number one number one running back. Whoever they play a quarterback, which as time goes, I'm starting to think it might be Ty Simpson. I think so too. I think which, that's who the Bama fans want as well. Mm-hmm. Which would lead me to believe that there is a lot better on the passing side. Like Jalen Milrow is, is, is a good quarterback, but his much better with his feet. Much much better with his legs. It opens up the passing game a little bit more. But I, I think that mm-hmm. in a Tommy Reese offense, we saw the running quarterback game the last couple of years with Buckner uh, at times, mm-hmm. and it just didn't look good. I think Ty Simpson would be the guy, and if that's the case, it, it doesn't concern me at all for this offense. It my only concern yeah. becomes who becomes the next edge rusher, and yeah. and that's it because you and can't question very, secondary, you can't question yeah. linebackers, you can't even question D line. You just yeah. need to see who's going to be the guy who is creating havoc in the pass rush. Yeah, yeah. That's edge the rusher. Only thing I can question on this team. Absolutely, I think that's fair, and and I think that. You know, they did a teams did a great job of neutralizing Will Anderson last year after he went for that yeah. explosive breakout 2021 season. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Edge rusher is definitely the position that I lean towards as being the most concerned. At the same time, it is Alabama. So, yeah. Take there, that I mean, with a grain of salt, as you will. Try, like, trying to find a, a kink in the armor is, is well, this, like this looking is very for a needle much like in the, haystack. Very much like our conversation about Georgia. I mean, how do you find a hole? Uh, LSU, how do you find yeah. a weakness? LSU's was very obvious. It was either offensive line or running back. Yeah. You could only point to one of those two, and running back's probably the better answer there, uh, if I'm being honest. Georgia, running back's the only answer because that's the only place that we saw any kind of any, any kind of lack of production. It's not like it was a true lack. It was just that's, that was the bottom of, can, of what can, was a yeah. stacked team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Alabama's the same way. Bottom of what's a stack team? Yeah, Ole Miss. Um, I'll go beyond the field for this one. I'm going to go defensive coordinator, and. Specifically, because it, it, it's going to overrun the whole defense here. Pete Golding, solid. Obviously, um, Lane Kiffin wanted him there. The mm-hmm. question that I have is, does his scheme work for what they have in place already? And I don't know. We've already seen Ole Miss struggle defensively uh, the last couple of years, having some, some rough games uh, in that stretch. I... I want to see if if it was just a DJ Durkin problem or if it, or if it's an overall um, talent and um, expectation problem. That's where my mindset is right now. I'm 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 just gonna say defensive coordinator. I, I want to see what they they can do and if they turn it around. I'll keep it on the field. Um, I think their linebacking room is gonna be kind of make or break for this Ole Miss defense. They're losing four guys in their from their linebacking core a year ago to graduation. So kind of want to see not just how they fit into this new scheme, but there is going to be some some you know greenness in terms of the guys that they're going to be using 
in that scheme. Uh, I, I think that, you know, it kind of in a situation like what we talked about with Tennessee's defense, you know, Ole Miss is going to go quick and in a little bit of a different way than, than Tennessee does, but certainly not going to give you a whole lot of resting time on the bench. And if you're not able to, you know, have that good pass defense in with your linebacking core, that can lead to problems in zone coverage. Like we just mentioned, you know, not too long ago about the volunteers that could be something that we see from the rebels this fall as well. It also depends on Ole Miss quarterback too. Um, who it becomes, whether it's Jackson Dart, Walker Howard, um, Spencer mm. Sanders is there as well. Luke Altmeyer, yeah. Spencer Luke Altmeyer left, get... though. Yeah. That's right. That's right. You're right. Yeah, Altmeyer left. So, I mean, it, it comes I... down to those three. I, I, I see a world where, where Walker Howard is the starter. And if that's the case, I think this Ole Miss offense is going to be dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, with that said, um, yeah, I, I get it. Cam. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go linebacker as well as far as on the field. But defense as a whole needs to improve. So, yeah, I was looking for the overarching side of the ball. I was looking for the overarching problem for this team, and it it was just roundabout defense. And so my thought process was with a new defensive coordinator. I forget. I feel like that's a fair place to go. Yeah. Yeah. And I forget who the defensive coordinator was last year. I know two years ago. I, I thought DJ Durkin was still there last year, too. No, I, think he no, I don't think so. He was at AM last year. Mm. In 21, though, their defense wasn't terrible. Like, you saw a clear improvement there from what Old Miss had been previously defensively. So I'm curious to see if they can at least get back to the 21 level. Sure enough, I unplugged cool. my keyboard. I can't look it up. <laughs> I'm I'm looking right now. Give me one second. Yeah. Uh, they had three. They had two defensive coordinators. It up. was Maurice Crum and Chris Partridge. Well, there's oh. your problem. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Partridge well. was in charge of safeties. Crum in charge of linebackers. That's well, why and I can tell you two coordinators. And I can tell you where the problem wasn't last year. <laughs> Speaking mm-hmm. of which, Chris Partridge back at his rightful home, University of Michigan. <laughs> Arkansas. Um, for this team, it's it's DBs, and it's not even a question because this doesn't fall on the linebackers at all. This their linebackers are some of the best in the country. This falls yeah. strictly on poor pass coverage technique and biting on too many play fakes. Mm-hmm. They got bit and bit hard on yeah. on the deep ball last year. There's no question to me anywhere else on this field other than defensive backs. This team went from what should have been a 10-win team to Mm -hmm. scraping boil eligibility by simple fact that they could not cover the deep ball. Yeah, Jalen, I mean, they've got talent. You look at up and down the roster, Jalen Catalan's name, obviously Mm -hmm. the one that that sticks out to me at least. But, yeah, it's it's no question in my mind. They've got to be – more disciplined and you know maybe that helps with with bringing in some some new uh coaches to the defense but i, I think defensive back is where you got to look and, and just more disciplined the 100 percent defensive back i'm gonna go more specific than that even safeties safeties were easily the mm-hmm. the area yeah. of the most 
improvement. There's always some injuries. I can't remember who yeah. it was that yeah. sat out the majority of the season um, yeah. at safety. Yeah. I, um, again, if yeah, I had my keyword, I'd look it up. But the, a specific. Latavius Brini. That wasn't they're, who they're, I was thinking yeah. of. They, they, so. they had a few players, though, there at safety yeah. who they had to rotate in and out. But either way, regardless of who was on the field, the safety should not have been necessarily as aggressive as what they were. Like, I get it. Safety is a tough position to play because you got to be aggressive. But there's a line, and they definitely went beyond that line at as a safety group multiple times. And that's where it bit them the most. They definitely didn't. Like, corners definitely do need to step up as well. Like, I'm not saying that the corners are safe by any means. Secondary as a whole needs to improve, but the the safeties just need, hopefully with the coaching staff change, like, it helps that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to figure out who the hell I'm thinking of. Um... I don't know. I'm not seeing the name I'm looking for. There's one player specifically that I'm looking for that I'm not seeing. So that's fine. This is what it is. I'm not gonna spend all day on it. Um, Mississippi State. Um, that question could be answered with a simple running back. To be honest, um, get a run game for Will Howard and or Will Rogers. Sorry. And you'll be you'll be in a good spot. Yeah, and and that that was kind of where I, my question was going to be, or, or where where I was going to go, because after unfortunate passing of, of Coach Leach, with Will Arnett taking over, is this still going to be the same air raid offense that that Leach is running? And you know Leach's tendencies were that he didn't necessarily necessarily need a good running back. If if Arnett wants to keep that, you know the the tendencies in place, but recruit a good running back that can also, you know, make it so you're not so reliant on the passing game all the time and, and kind of add to what, what is already a great passing offense. You know, Mississippi state can be scary, dangerous yet again with, with Arnett as coach. And so that's, that's, you know, I think that really is the question as to, you know, his coaching style his what he's going to look at compared to what Leach you know, the mind that we, we, we lost with coach Leach. And so it does come on, you know, come back on the field, at least to running back position in my mind. Here's where I'm going to cheat and just say coaching staff. Like I'm curious. Cause like all I'm looking at the depth chart right now, like mm-hmm. what's projected anyways. And yeah. really not terrible. Um, however, what what is the coaching staff going to do since they had such a odd situation that so rarely happens, especially in today's game? Yeah. Uh, to see where where they go, especially you're a hundred percent right, BJ. Especially where they go offensively, if they continue the air raid offense, or if they switch to more of a hybrid, like what we've seen other teams do um, where it's where they are a lot more willing to run the ball 
So I'm curious to see what more specifically the offensive coaching staff does because they didn't have a lot of turnover on the defensive side of the ball as far as the coaching staff goes. Makes sense when you promote the DC. But offensive coaching staff, see the scheme and that kind of stuff is where I stand today. Mm-hmm. All right. Texas A&M. Um, man, where Can to I go with this? Can I say quarterback here? No. No. Nope. Okay. You can't. I I'm going to say running back, and I'm going to say specifically how they replace the production of Devon A. Chain. That, that's going to be my uh, my big question mark. Obviously, Bobby Petrino is their new offensive coordinator. <laughs> so that'll be fun enough as it is. Uh, we'll see. The most ethical coaching staff in the country, right? I'm going to say they're really putting something together down there. I don't know what it is. It might be prison sentences, but uh, <laughs> I, I got to go. Texas I, I got to say running not, back. I mean, how do you? prison farm. No. No, I was going to say they're filming the Longest Yard uh, sequel there now this year. <laughs> oh yeah, I thought I thought that was um, in Vegas last year. No, that that uh, oh, that could have okay. been though. Um, I understand why you'd say that. Yeah, I, I think when you look at the running back room behind Devin A. Chain, it's incredibly young, and you know there's a lot of good talent that they've got in the receiving room that's really young that has a, a lot of experience coming back. How do you replace Anaya Smith? Well, you've got you know freshman Evan Stewart as long as he keeps his head on straight that should step in and, and be that, you know, featured receiver this season. But behind A-Chain, there's a whole lot of green in that running back room. And I don't mean green as in cash Manziel money, uh, but I, I, I think that this is easily the, the biggest question for, you know, what, what Bobby Petrino coming in as the, the offensive coordinator, Jimbo's putting somebody else in, in charge of it, you know, this year kind of, saying, you know, answering the critics saying you need an offensive coordinator instead of doing it all yourself. Well, what is Bobby Petrino going to get out of the running backs is, is really going to be the, the biggest question. If you want to look at an off the field and an on field question for Texas A&M. Yeah, no, hundred percent. It's running back. Like um, Devon a chain was most of that offensive production last year. We did see some improvement in the passing game once Wegman come in came in to the into the starting role. Yeah. Um, so that's another spot I'm curious to see if he continues to grow. But since we can't say that, running back easily is get a little bit more consistency out of those behind him. I imagine that they will with the Petrino led offense. Um it, it it's I, I'm definitely intrigued by AM offensively as a whole, though. Fair enough. Sorry, I'm just watching Xavier whoop some ass. Um, well, we're on to our last team. That's Auburn. Did he delete wow. those numbers? Question mark. Probably. Different state. Got to find new numbers. Um, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, they could bust them in. It's not right. that far from Mississippi. No, now. it really I've, isn't. I've I've heard enough. Um, <laughs> I want to go wide receiver here. Can't go quarterback. I, I, I'm going to go wide receiver. Uh, 
if I can't go with the obvious take, I have to go with the um, the guy that's going to be catching the ball or the guys that are going to be catching the ball from the obvious take and uh, seeing if, if the receivers can can step up. I mean, you can't blame the defense. The defense actually played pretty well uh, over, over the time that Brian Harson was there. I don't think much changes in terms of defense, especially under Hugh Freeze. I think, I think he's – been really solid uh, on that side of the ball uh, and, and throughout his career. I mean, they've had really solid teams on defense. Is a guy who I think he's more known offensively. Somebody mm-hmm. can correct me if I'm wrong, but he's, his yeah. defense he's very is, much so an offensive-minded guy. He is. Absolutely, defenses yeah. have played mm-hmm. in his, in his uh, coaching career have been, have mm-hmm. been very good. It, it's been impressive yeah. to, to watch. I remember the whole games were, were really um, – you know, there's always a game here or there where your defense struggles, and that's fine. I, like matchup really helped that or hurt that for reason. But um, I guess the wide receiver. I don't even know who the quarterback will be this coming season. Um, I can't remember if they pulled a transfer or not. Right I, now, I, I think right Robbie now, Ashford yeah. is going to be right their now, guy. The, deep, the depth charts looking Robbie Ashford. Yeah, and I'm I don't have any. But, I, I think Robbie Ashford is actually going to be really good in Hugh Freeze's offense, but I'm, I'm right. I, there I with think you, he'd Tyler. be fine. I'm just curious if they have. I didn't know if they had went to the portal and got somebody or not, but I guess probably not. It was so. kind of a because yeah, they had so. they had Ashford, they had Calzada, and they had Finley uh, last yeah. season with 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 Harson, and then uh, unless uh, Cadillac likes... Williams figured out what he had with Robbie Ashford later yeah. in the year. Yeah, and yeah, I, I think it could be fun. Yeah, and unless a guy like uh, Sam Hartman um, does re-enter the portal, the way we've heard some rumors, like mm-hmm. it's really heard not some rumors. I think we sparked the rumors. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it's not act I, like, not act like. Hey, yeah, if, we if, we, if, we if, for if some reason does, got that going, but if he does, we'll 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 take the credit there. But no, I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you, Tyler. I, I think yeah. that. Uh, I, I think that it's you know I think they'll be fine uh, at quarterback. I'm just worried that we're going to see West Virginia 2.0 if, if there's a, a drop problem with the receivers this year. I'm really no, I don't concerned. Think Bryce Ford Wheaton's walking through the door. No, but he might That's might good. take might take his essence and and give it to a player like a Shadrick Jackson. I'm just I'm actually I think he was a senior last year, but you get my drift. He was. Uh, you know who who are who are you going to be? Yeah, who's going to emerge as that that threat offensively, and and who's going to, you know, kind of be the the playmaker for a young quarterback is what you're really going to have to figure out mm-hmm. if you're freezing this Auburn coaching staff. Yeah, we saw a lot of receivers struggle under Harson as a whole, and like even the last few years under Malzahn, like it's been a while since we've seen a decent receiver out of Auburn in general so i am definitely curious to see what happens there um and i do think that that's probably the position to watch for the most growth potential as well all right well that does it we went way longer than i thought but we do have a little bit of an update time if we could take some time for this we did a college football style bracket on uh what day was it wednesday wednesday yes wednesday our last and episode. we are right now 
sitting pretty pretty decent right now. Now here is a problem, which is that we lost half of our national championship matchup uh, with virtue of Penn State losing last night. Um, <laughs> Should have taken the, TCU over Penn State. I know I'm messing. By around. the end of today, we'll know if we should have or not. Um, the only of team course, in our final four. Of course, four we should have because Gonzaga doesn't have a football team. Sorry. It's the only team in our final four that is not uh, currently. Uh, overall, so then. Penn State. Over, I mean, overall, we're then doing pretty well. It hasn't been bad. I mean, really, the no. only thing we missed bad was I. So, I can't remember. What we said, I might have misclicked something. Did we say San Diego State over Furman? Like I thought no. we did. We, no, we, we said we, Furman, we we said Furman, Furman over San Diego State okay. because we thought that they Just were. I, I thought I I thought I misclicked something. Offense. I yeah. thought I misclicked something. So I'm glad that that we uh we went on the right path there. Um, and we definitely said Purdue Furman over was not a, Yeah, thankfully Purdue was not a team we had going very far. Um, yeah, thanks we for had being in the asset football. <laughs> Man, if we would have took Arkansas over Illinois, we'd actually be in a good spot right now. Um, yeah, I tried to tell you that offense, but I mean, hey, look, I'm not the reason that the tie got broken, no, so don't I know. blame me. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm not talking to anybody in general. I'm just speaking in general. You're welcome, but, um With that said, uh, we, we, we've had had a good run. I don't know it's going to go very far. Pitt's losing right now, and that'll completely knock them out. Um, yeah. Which will which will hurt us. So I, I think we're kind of we've kind of reached the end of the road on we that one. I, like our best chances if Alabama goes to a national championship, like it'll it'll have a good finish on that one but nothing crazy so mm-hmm. um, oh, and, and tyler don't forget to uh, forward promote what we're doing wednesday for something special yeah so well give me just a second let me uh double check something real fast okay shit hang on Hang on, <laughs> give me a second. I'm having a having a hell of a time here. Um, I'm trying to. So the our stuff that we use has uh, completely changed recently in what we use to upload things. Um, mm-hmm. But you are correct. We we will be going. Um, It is oh, something got messed up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so today is episode 99. So episode 100 Wednesday, we'll get our top 10 players since 2000. That means we're going to go through every top five player we had. Um, I will write them all down. We will go through a list. And when we're not going to rank all of them. We're kind of going to start by eliminating some that just don't belong. We will not be including kickers because I don't believe any of them are making that top 10 player list. Probably um, not. So we're not going to include figures, but every position player group otherwise will be eligible for this list. And I'm looking forward to seeing what we come up with for our top 10. So that's going to take the majority of the episode. I highly doubt we do anything else because there probably won't be much news. So 
we may just go directly into that and, and do that the way it is. Uh, so you will not see our non-quarterback needs continue until Sunday, where we'll likely do the Big Ten uh, from there. So with that said, um, thank you guys for tuning in. And, uh, and, and continue to enjoy March Madness. Uh, it's been been a hell of a, mm-hmm. hell of a Sunday. So early on, and a hell of a so weekend. Far. Hell of a weekend. Mm-hmm. It, it's been been a blast. So... Before that, we'll uh, see you all on Wednesday. And uh, my weekly tomorrow.